Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. If you're anything like Sayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today we have Camilla Jeffs as our guest today. And she is passionate about financial education, building wealth, and living a life by design. She is the founder and CEO of SteadyStream Investments, a company focused on providing investment opportunities in large multifamily and senior housing communities. And with 18 years of experience investing in real estate, she has done everything from live-in flips, single-family rentals, small multifamily, and now large multifamily and assisted living. So I know there's going to be so much value that we are going to get from this episode today, Camilla. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Eileen. I'm so excited to be here. So Camilla, can you give our listeners a little bit more insight into your background and what you're focused on currently and how you got started with real estate investing? You bet. You bet. So I started a real estate investing young. I was 22 and did a house hack and I didn't know what house hacking was back then. Like I, you know, my husband and I were living in a garage apartment and we didn't have very much money. We were young newlyweds and we were both going to college full-time and working full-time. And we were trying to figure out what the next step was. And our landlady came by to collect the rent. And I was talking to her and just asking her, well, how did you get to where you are? Right? Like, you know, I knew she owned several investment properties and I was curious about, about it. And as that conversation unfolded, she suggested, well, maybe you guys should buy a house. And I was like, no, 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 we can't afford a house. We have no money and we can't do that. And she said, well, actually you could buy a house that has a basement apartment in it and then rent it out. And then maybe you, you would be paying even less than you are in this apartment here that you're renting. And uh, that's exactly what we did. We used we went with her and we found a place and bought it and we moved in and we rented out the basement apartment and we paid maybe $150 a month to live there, cheaper than the garage apartment. And it was a nice big house with you know six bedroom home with a pool in the backyard, which it was so cool. And that was when I I really got hooked on real estate and started reading all the books and learning all the things. And, and that started our journey. Well, the next thing we tried was called a live-in flip where we went and bought a fixer upper and we moved in because you can get the best financing. So very low down payment and really good financing. And we fixed it up ourselves. We like taught ourselves construction (laughs) because neither of us had been trained in construction. We just figured it out. 
And it worked really well. After living there for a couple of years, we moved out and we rented it and we did another one. And so it was kind of a, you know, it's a slow way to grow your portfolio, but, you know, real estate isn't always about going fast. Sometimes slow is a good, is a good way to do it. And so that's kind of how we started growing our portfolio was doing these live-in flips. And, you know, it's, it's not the most comfortable way to invest because you have to move a lot and you live in construction zone, but it's definitely the, I think the easiest way to one of the easier ways to invest in terms of the amount of money that you need to invest, right? Um, so that worked well for us. And then we thought, well, let's try something bigger. Let's, you know, start, you know, we did lots of single family. Maybe we could do a fourplex. And so we purchased a fourplex and we didn't move into that because by that time we had five little kids and we didn't want five to live little in kids. A, <laughs> yes. Wow. Uh, we didn't want to live in a really small apartment. And so we just became the landlords for that fourplex and uh, managed that and ran that. Well, fast forward 15 years. So that all that happened over about a period of about 15 years and it got to the point where I was just really tired because we were doing everything ourselves, right? It was like, you know, we'd go mow the lawns, we'd go bust up the ice if it got too much ice, you know, shovel the walks and we'd answer the calls from the tenants and fix the toilets. And it was a lot. It was a lot of work. Um, on top of managing a family and five yes. children. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you you definitely you and your husband definitely had your plates full. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it was a lot. And we'd bring the kids with us. They'd come with us to the fourplex to help us paint and you know turn a unit and get it all ready. And they thought it was fun, actually. They really liked coming, but but they weren't always family that time. They were little. <laughs> <laughs> it's family time, yeah. spending time with mom and dad, seeing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but yep. that's, oh yeah, but I'm so, it's, it's really wonderful to hear because, and I love that you mentioned, okay, so it's, you span this entire time was spanned over 15 years. And so a lot of times people kind of see other successful real estate investors in the space and they're like, wow, they're an overnight success. But really, like you mentioned, it does take a long time to build up a portfolio where you're comfortable, where you're able to you know, be in a place where you're, you're comfortable with, and as you're building along and you're building up this, um, what people see as perceived success, you know? And so it takes quite some time. It takes a lot of energy and yeah, it takes, it takes a long time. It's not just something that just happens overnight. Yeah, for sure. And real estate too. I mean, the nature of our business is that you don't want to wait to buy real estate, right? You want to buy real estate and then wait for it to grow and for the you know the returns to really start generating because it just appreciates over time and that's the true power of real estate it's you know I'm not a big fan of flips because it's a job and it's not and like to me it's not really investing it's you know you go out you do the work and you get paid for the work but investing is putting your money in making your money do the work instead of yourself doing the work and that's that's what I love about investing in real estate. And so what was the biggest challenge as you guys, at, you know, prior to getting to multifamily, because I wanted to dive into that afterwards as well and, and passive investing. But as you were doing the live and flips and the house hacking, what was the biggest challenges that you guys had to face during that part of your journey? Yeah. So some of the challenges were for one organization, right? Because when you have so many properties, you have like eight 
electric bills that you have to pay and you have to make sure they get paid on time. And, and you have all these bills, you have all these tenants that you're managing. So there was, there's a lot of organization and you have to really take a step back and run it as a business. So it couldn't just be a hobby anymore. It had to be like a true full business. And I wasn't trained in business and I didn't, you know, like the first time I had a checking account, I bounced a check. I didn't even know what that meant. (laughs) And so I was like, well, okay, let's figure this out. So a lot of it was just kind of stumbling and figuring things out as you go along. And I don't want anybody to think that that's bad, right? It's totally okay to figure things out as you go along. Like you don't have to have a, an MBA to be able to be an amazing investor and, and you know, run your own business and have your own portfolio. So it's, it's all right. It's totally fine to just stumble around a little bit and figure it out and make mistakes. And, and that's what we did. So probably some of our challenges were just stumbling through those, those mistakes and just navigating them and learning how to pivot and, and make changes. And so some of our properties did well for us and some didn't do well, but all of that was experience under my belt. And I feel like that really helped me become the investor that I am today in the you know, doing large multifamily. And so how did you guys decide to make that pivot into large multifamilies? When did that shift happen for you? Yeah. So the shift happened because after about 15 years of being the landlord, I, I was getting tired and it was just a lot and the kids were growing and there was just so much going on that we decided that it was time to, it was time to figure out something else. Right. And so we started kind of selling off our properties. And then a couple of years later, I was trying to figure out, well, how do I really like, I love real estate. I really want to be in real estate and keep and invest in real estate, but I want to do it different this time, this time around than what we did the first, you know, 15 years of our career. And so I started looking at, well, maybe I should just buy an apartment complex because that's just one roof. You know, you can get like 50 units or hundred units under one roof. It's only one lawn to mow. (laughs) You know, I'm still thinking about it in DIY mode. And then I look at apartment complexes and they cost millions and millions of dollars. Well, none of my investments had ever been more than a million dollars. In fact, none of them have even been half a million dollars. All of my investments had been below that. And so I'm looking at the cost of apartment complexes. I'm looking at my bank account. There's not millions of dollars in my bank account. I'm like, how in the world do you even buy these apartment complexes? So I started studying and learning and realized that for people like you know me and you who want to buy an apartment complex it's we just you just do it as a group right you get a whole bunch of us together that are interested in buying an apartment complex or being a part owner in it and everybody comes together and some people put in their expertise some people put in their time some people put in their knowledge and their work and other people just simply put in their money and then we pull it all together all the money and the resources together and go out and buy an apartment complex and then everybody shares in the returns and i was like wow that's pretty cool and and i was especially intrigued by the passive part of it right as i started looking at passive opportunities to be a passive investor and when I was looking at the returns, I was like, what? You mean, you're, I don't have to do any of the work and I'm going to get this return that beats out some of the single family homes that I did when, you know, through my investing journey. And I was, I was blown away. I was blown away that a passive investment where I didn't have to go swing the hammer and mow the lawn could bring me better returns than myself going out and doing it 
all like that. And so that's what we did first is we invested money into passively into an apartment complex. And so we kind of got our first apartment complex as a passive investor and was so excited to be a part owner in an apartment complex. And then I just fell in love with the concept and just thought, this is just amazing. I know there are thousands of people just like me who have been you know, doing real estate for a while and are hitting their burnout point and they just simply don't know a better way because I didn't know. I didn't know that until I had already been through those 15 years of single family landlord experience. And so then I launched Steady Stream Investments, which is essentially an education company to educate other people just like me who need a better way or looking for a better way, a more, you know, a way that allows a lot more freedom of time and financial freedom as well. So can you share a little bit about how you found that first deal as a passive investor? What were some of the things that you looked for and what was the turning point for you that you said, okay, yes, this is a deal for me. This is the one that I'm going to jump in first and try it out. Yeah. So this is something that I talked to a lot of passive investors and it's a little bit you know, mystifying for them. They're like, well, I don't even know how to find, like, how do you even find these opportunities? Because the SEC has very strict regulations about what we can and cannot advertise about the opportunity. So it's not like you can just Google, oh, passive investment, and, and then you find one and you invest in it. It doesn't happen that way. It's still kind of a relationship-based business. And so you have to find the people who are actually running the investment and then talk to them and get a relationship with them. And then you can invest in one of their deals for the most part, right? There are other opportunities that you could do that might be publicly advertised, but even then I wouldn't feel comfortable investing with someone I didn't know. (laughs) And so, because I want to make sure that they know what they're doing and that they have a strong track record and those things. So how did I find my first opportunity? Well, when um, we had just moved to Phoenix, Arizona with my my W-2, it took us there. And I was in this education mode of trying to figure out how to buy an apartment complex. And so I started trying to get out of my comfort zone because I'm kind of an introvert. I don't like going to big events where there's lots of people, but I knew I needed to meet people. So I just searched for some local meetups, right? Multifamily meetup. And you can go to meetup.com and you can just search for multifamily real estate or whatever. And there, I promise there will be some in, you know, close, at least close by or in the major cities, there are meetups that you could attend. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll attend these meetups. So I started attending a couple of multifamily meetups and there weren't that many people there. There were maybe 15, 20 people. And, and then I started attending the local Arizona Real Estate Investors Association, the RIA. That one's fantastic. So if any of your listeners are in Arizona, you should go to that one. It's, a, it's really, really good. They have really great data and really great people there. And so I just started attending all these meetups and I met a couple of different people who were doing these, um, it's called syndications, which is just a fancy term for group investing. And so I started talking to them and and they said they were, were working on some deals. And then one of them brought me a deal and he said, Hey, I have this opportunity. And I, and he had like, and I sat right next to him and he had this presentation book and he was showing me like flipping through the slides of what it would be and what it would look like. And I asked him a whole bunch of questions and, and then I said, okay, thanks. You know, I'll, I'll let you know if I want to invest. 
And then I went home and thinking about it, I'm thinking about it. And I tell my husband about it so he can understand the, the how it works. And, and I still had like a lot of questions because I didn't fully understand it because remember, I'm used to controlling everything myself. So I had to be okay with giving up control because as a passive investor, you don't get a say in how the investment is run, right? You give that control up to the experienced professionals. And so I had to get over that. And then it was a lot of money, right? It was $50,000 was the minimum investment on that property. And um, so I'm thinking, well, you know, how am I going to invest this $50,000 and feel comfortable? And, and, I'll, and I'll admit, I wasn't 100% comfortable with it, right? There was, there was a part of me that was still, you know, 10% of me was like, well, I've evaluated the deal. I, you know, I know it looks like a good opportunity. I've done my due diligence on the operators. I've gotten to know them, gotten to know the market. I got to know the deal. I think I, I know as much as I can know without trying it out. Right. And so I remember, I remember going to like wire that money and my, you know, my fingers hovering over the mouse and like, oh, I hope this goes well and then (laughs) send the money. Right. But you know what? It has gone well. And, and it's been a really good experience. And I think that there's just this, this little anxiety I think you have about investing the first, especially the first time that you do something new. And we always, we all experience that, right? Anxiety about something new because we just don't know how it works. And so that's why another reason why I like, I think I need to really focus on education for first time passive investors because we all feel this anxiety when we're going to, to even try and do our first investment. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. And the only way to kind of, you know, not fully get rid of that anxiety, but at least to calm it a little bit, to feed or to satisfy some of that anxiety is by through the education standpoint of things, you know, get Mm -hmm. as much education as you can, really understanding what you're getting into as much as possible. And then there's always going to be that like hesitation at the very end because you don't know what you don't know, right? Especially if it's going to be the first thing that you're doing. But if you've done your due diligence, you've done your, you know, you studied, you have your education and you, like you said, you've gotten as much as you can from just studying it before you actually take the action. I mean, the next step would be to take the action. Otherwise you'd still be in that hesitant mode, that still questioning mode of what's going to happen. And so after you, after you made that first commitment there, how, you know, you mentioned that it's been working out well for you. So what did you do after that? And, you know, did it bloom into more passive investment deals? And then how was your husband's reaction after, after the whole investment as well? 
Yeah. So I mean, after, so after we invested, there was still, you know, a period of trepidation because the property we invested in was one that was a heavy lift. We call it a heavy lift, meaning that it needed a lot of repairs, a lot of renovations, and there um, they were going to take it down to like 30% occupancy. So it has, it had a fair level of risk to it, but once we started receiving the communications, I think we felt a lot better, right? That, oh, okay, this is what's happening with the property. And then we started receiving our distributions and that, and that felt good too, that we were getting, you know, some checks in the, in the mail. Well, actually it's just direct deposit, right? <laughs> checks in the mail is just figurative, but it just checks in the inbox. Your account. Checks <laughs> <to> the inbox. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that was good and, and felt better about it. And then funny enough, right. You know, a month or two later, I, as I continued to network and to get to know other people, other deals were popping up, other opportunities to invest were popping up, but I wasn't ready to do it again yet. I, I wanted to you know, prove the concept, right? I, I have a little bit of skepticism in me and wanted to prove the concept that it was that it would be good before we did another investment in, in passive investment. And so, um, and then as far as my husband goes, you know, I just kept him communicated with him the whole time just to make sure that he understood it and he felt comfortable with it as well. And I think, yeah, like right now we're, we look at opportunities and I'll, and I'll say, Hey, you know, this one looks really good. Maybe we should invest and okay, let's go. Let's, let's do it. So for that first deal, you mentioned, you know, you studied the sponsor, you studied the market for the deal itself. How did you know what to look for in terms of whether or not it'd be a good investment or there specific metrics that you are focused on? What are some of the things that stood out to you that said, this is a potentially good fit for us? Yeah. So some of the things that I looked at, so my experience had been in single family and some of the metrics in single family that we use for investing transfer over to large, large apartment complexes, but some don't, there's like new ones. And there was a new one in, in the apartment world that was called an equity multiple. And it was something that I had never really factored into my single family investments because they, I didn't really factor that, oh, I'm going to hold this one for five years and then do like a, an analysis based over five years. So in large multifamily, that's what they do. They'll say, okay, we're going to hold this for about five years. And so we have a projection that says in five years time, after, after all is said and done, we think that your money will turn, uh, will, you know, turn into so much more money. Right. And so that's what the equity multiple is. So if it says, if it's a 2.0 equity multiple, that means that if you invest $100,000 over the life of the investment for five years, when all said and done, it's sold off, you've got your distributions, you added up all your distributions, plus the money that you made at the end when it was sold, then that $100,000 should turn into $200,000, right? And that was a really interesting projection for me because I had never thought about it in, in that way, as I'd only thought about cash on cash return, which is where you put your money in and then whatever money you get back out. And then there's a calculation that tells you how much you're making on your money. 
Well, large multifamily has that cash on cash return as well, but it didn't look very great to me from my perspective of what I was doing in single family. So the cash on cash return, sometimes it's nine, 10% or, you know, something like that. But the equity multiple was really intriguing to me because I, I was thinking, really, you can double my money in five years? That's incredible. That's really incredible. You're having your money doubled in five years and you do no, no work for it, right? It's just literally your money working for it. So that was one of the things that I looked at and that was very intriguing to me that kind of helped me say, yes, let me, let's invest in this property. Got it. Thank you for sharing that. And so as you were looking at the deals itself as well, and then looking at the diff- and the equity multiple, one of the things, especially as an investor, a first-time investor is not knowing, what, like we mentioned, not knowing what's going to happen. And so what are some of the things that you looked for to that the sponsors themselves had put in, in terms of like conservatism? Because you know we never want to lose money with investments. There are always some types of risks, but what are some of the things that you looked for that helped hedge against those risks so that you know we do as much due diligence as we can so that you are minimizing as much of the risks as possible. Yeah. So a couple of things that I encourage people to look for, there's there's two. One is what kind of debt right is on the property and what's that what's that ratio? Because if there's a property and they're buying and it's a 90% debt ratio, that's too much. That's that's too risky because there's too much leverage on that property in case something ever happened, a downturn in the economy or whatever. Now all of a sudden, that's when your property could turn upside down. So I always look for debt to be between 70 to 75% in any investment that I'm looking at. Another one I like to look at is called the break-even point, right? So break-even occupancy. So if you're buying 100 units, what percent of those units have to be rented to pay the mortgage, to not lose money, right? And if you can find a deal that is in the 70% or less, right? Then you're doing well, right? Especially if it's already 95% occupied. So for that investment to lose money, something really crazy would have to happen if it's already 95% occupied, but the break-even point is you know 60%. That means that that property is in really good shape. It's really good cash flow position. So it should be it should be just fine. And as far as not losing your money, I think that's everybody's worst fear, right? <laughs> that they will lose the money that they put out. And it's a risk, right? It, it, I mean, to be in fully transparent, it is a one of one of the risks of investing is you'll lose your money. And you could lose your money in any investment that you put. You, you can lose money in the stock market. And so those are some of the things that I look at to make sure that the deal is conservative, that they're looking at it from a conservative standpoint. And there's buffers in there it just in case something does go wrong so you're a mother of five and you and you are doing such an amazing amazing things in real estate here you've built up you know your business you're a successful investor mom wife how do you manage it all and how do you you know balance your time between everything 
<laughs> one day at a time. <laughs> That's what I always say when people ask me that. But in reality, I'm very conscious about the time I spend working and the time that I spend with my children. So, you know, I make sure that I don't work in the evenings and I don't work the weekends unless absolutely necessary. I try to really schedule my time so that I can be with my children when they are here with me. And then also the other thing is I involve them in our real estate investing in, in the business. So I think I mentioned before that they came with us to the fourplex and they would help us like paint and, you know, turn the units. And so they've kind of grown up knowing that this is what we do and we do it together. And the, our last live and flip, for example, you know, the kids are now teenagers and uh, they were incredible workers. It was really awesome. It happened during COVID when we were COVID struck and we were so grateful to have this project to work on because you couldn't leave your house anyway. So we were just all together and work the project and the kids can all tile and sheetrock and do baseboards. And I mean, all the things they've, they've learned all of those um, hands-on skills. Um, but even more than that, they've learned how to invest, right? So they learned that by working hard, they got paid. And then the money that they got paid, we turned around and put it into an, a, a short-term rental and invested in that as a family. And so now they earned their income and now they've got their money working for them and now they're getting passive income themselves, right? And so it's it's a progression. And so it's really just involving them and integrating the family into, you know, real estate is, is our life. Wow. That's a fantastic way to teach them and to, you know, have it as a family, family event and something to bond over as a family as well. I always love to ask parents that as well, like how do they involve involve their kids with real estate and teaching them about investing in money. Because I have two children myself, two young children myself. So it's like learning from other successful parents in the area and trying to apply it for myself as well. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yep. Teach them young. Get them going. <laughs> so how has how has real estate investing impacted your life and your family? Oh, it's made big impact in, in our life. I mean, basically we've just lived it, right? That's been our life for, for a long time and with all the live-in flips and and uh, and working in it with the kids. But the other impact that I love that real estate brings is is not just financial freedom and time freedom, which is is you know one of the things that we have today, but we also get a chance to impact the lives of other people. And through our investing, we're providing a basic necessity of life for, for people. And and I know the government tries hard to do do it, but they can't do it all, right? They need people like me and you to purchase the properties, to keep them nice and to treat the tenants well. And, and I feel like that that is another really incredible impact that we get to have on, on the world is through our investing, we can do amazing things and, and really treat people how they should be treated. And, and that's what I love. I love going in and cleaning up a property, making it more safe, more you know nicer for tenants. And so that they feel much happier about living in our apartment complexes. And what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Well, I wish I knew about passive investing when I first started, but you know, maybe I probably would not have passively invested because we, again, we didn't have money, right? So we had to go through that, you know, building up the funds in order to be able to invest passively, which is a good thing. So I really did wish I knew that about real estate before. And what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? 
I think the the thing that sets people apart is being willing to try and get messy. You know, I um, there's only so much education that you can do before you actually have to get your hands dirty. And here's an example. The first couple, most of the properties actually we bought were on market deals, right? So sometimes real estate investors, you know, when you're starting to get into the journey, you'll hear everybody talking about off market. You got to get off market. You got to get off market. Okay. Well, I agree that off market deals are probably the best deals. However, there are good deals on market as well. And so you don't have to be caught up in the, oh my gosh, to invest in real estate. Now I have to go buy a list of things. I have to like create all these, I have to send out mailers and I have to set up a you know phone system for people to call. Like, no, you don't. You, you can just go, you can go out, you can get a realtor, you can find a property that's on market, you can buy it and you can go in and renovate it, fix it up. You can, you know, make changes to it, adds value in some way. And you're going to make money on that if you hold it for a certain amount of time. And people just get caught up in, you have to have the best deal and that, and that's, that's all you can do to be a real estate investor. And I, I wholeheartedly disagree. I think even the deals, the bad deals we did were good deals because they taught us a ton about how to do better in the future. And you just don't know that until you go through it. And is there any tool or resource that you've utilized that you have found to be instrumental in your education and your real estate journey so far? Mm. So, well, books are really good for me. <laughs> I also love online courses. I love to sign up for people's online courses. Um, I like to watch YouTube videos, but uh, you know, as far as, as tools, I'm not, I'm not fancy. I don't use anything super fancy. Um, I just like to read real hardback books and I find a lot of value in, in reading those. And, and, you know, and, and sometimes I'll join a book club and mastermind on it with other people. And I think that's a really great way to learn as well. Awesome. Well, Camilla, thank you so much for coming on to the show. And I mean, you're doing such great, amazing things and impressive that you've been able to handle all this with the five children. Definitely, definitely a full, a full plate. And so you can definitely be successful in real estate, have a family, you know, still work, you know, when you, you still work your job as well and still be successful in this area. It just really depends on how you want to spend your time and where you put your efforts in. Yep. A hundred percent for sure. So if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and what you're doing in this space, where's the best place that they can go? Uh, you can find me at my website, camillajeffs.com, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn with just my, just Camilla Jeffs. You can, it's easy to find me or Facebook. I'm, I'm around. Awesome. Thank you so much for, again, for your time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.